Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast, Crucial Conversations with Jamal Crook. Jamal, welcome back again. Oh, yeah. Welcome back again. So for those of you that uh, are new to the show, Jamal and I get up every morning at 5.30 a.m. Sometimes he calls me. I call him. I beat him to the punch two minutes earlier today because I was fired up. I got to bed early last night. And um, we were talking about a lot of things. And and uh, among, well, we both lamented the fact that we didn't press record this morning, which actually maybe we should figure out how to do that. I mean, normally I, I record these Zoom calls, but I could record but I, I like I literally put on my headphones and I walk around the neighborhood. Um, yeah, I just always wonder if people can hear me because it is five thirty in the morning. It's awfully quiet. But uh, we we really were talking about the importance of why education needs more educators that represent their community. You know, because you were right. talking about about differences in in you know especially like the the need for for uh, you know black black male teachers especially and. You really got me thinking about um, how things are perceived and how things are presented. And uh, I, I wanted this to be an authentic conversation again because we already talked about it for two hours this morning. But yeah. I really lamented the fact that we didn't press record. So let's let's revisit some of the things we talked about this morning. So, yeah, just to give some context, um, like we did, we touched on, you know, I, I would say, I, I want to say opportunity myth, but this is like, that's a title that's been taken already I, like i really just want to focus on you got to look at a system that is set up and wherever you educate students like i just want you to think is the system historically set up for the students that you currently serve if the answer is yes then maybe this podcast episode might not be a benefit to you but if the answer is iffy or no then you got to consider what i'm about to say you got to think like with education and students of color, historically, this system has not been set up or conducive for what it is that that we're taught culturally or um, how things are packaged for us um, culturally from a school perspective. So now you gotta think about when you put something in front of a child whose views and culture are completely different, not diverse, just different. And what I value is completely different than what you're putting in front of me. It's going to be extremely hard for for the, the student, the learner to buy into what it is that you want them to buy into, causing this appearance of, I don't really care about the opportunity that you're putting in front of me. I get that you love uh, Macbeth and Shakespeare, but I don't really care about that. Well, yeah, and you were t- like, I remember we were sitting there debating about even like opportunity zones and in incentives that are out there for people. And you're like, yeah, for the people that are informed. And some people, right. uh, and, and, and I think that that's when I started really thinking about because like, if we've had one problem um, with, our, with our programming is that we're hitting at the first couple of years we heard hit a lot of suburban schools, some rural schools, but mostly suburban. And then we like made a definitive, like one out of our way to start hitting inner city schools as well. And it was at first just met with meh. And like, I, I was I, in some ways I'm like, man, I'm trying to give away funding. I'm trying to give away 
you know, opportunities and, and, and access uh, and, and to, to, you know, like travel for this cohort. And it was, and, and, and like, eventually we broke through, but what resonated with suburban kids was something totally different. And I right. learned a lot about that. And so when talking with you this morning, I, I kind of understood more why. Yeah. And, and part of that is what, like, like I just said, like what you may think is an opportunity for me, I might not even be considering, like I'm not interested in, in doing those things. I may be wired completely different. Like, like what is the story that's consistently being told within that community? Some communities, it's sports. Some communities, it's flipping on a mattress. Some communities, it's, it's cooking. Like, like what's the heart and soul of that community? And then you got to think about how does your, how does your opportunity tailor within that? It's not that I don't appreciate somebody trying to give something away for free, but everybody, everybody with an idea wants to go to a low, low socioeconomic or inner city school and do something with those kids because you think it would be a benefit. But if, if, if you're saying like, Hey, I have this sushi restaurant and I'm hiring sushi chefs. I don't necessarily want to do that. It's like, like I was telling you this morning, I'm good at sales, but I don't like sales. If somebody offered me a $100,000 a year sales job today, I'd probably turn it down. So how do we, how do we start uh, these cultures? You know, we, we were talking about like, you know, all of a sudden getting people aware of these opportunities takes time and it takes conversations, you know, cause yes. I, I like, I've seen what you've done, right? I, I mean, like, in the years we've known each other, I've seen what you've done and right. that took time, but it also took conversations. A lot of time. But, but I mean, well, it, but in some ways it, I, I'll, I, you know what? I also push back. I saw what you saw. I saw what you did quickly as well, but I mean, you saw like, what I did in a year. That's true. That's true. That's a year. Like, like you got to think that was 365 days of intentionality. You know? It was, <laughs> it, it was summer. It was summer. It was the, the moment I met you, I don't do weather reception talk to the, the summer <laughs> and planning and creating real learning experiences and, and thinking outside the box developing myself so I can develop others and then and then all of a sudden having having um all of a sudden having my students respond in in such a way that was negative at first and then going through all the trials what I shared with you were the results which were extremely positive but yeah. like my kids had to buy into it they had to because you gotta think in education like and what we're referring to um just so to give you some context is um, Don came to my district and he presented his book, Genius Hour. And in, in the book, Genius Hour, he, he, has, he, he gives a lot of nuggets on um, really how to run a genius hour. I thought it was a lot of things that were impactful, but I just didn't see how it was going to work for my kids like that. So what I did was I broke that junk up. I took concepts. Um, and, and I ran with them and I, and I inserted them in a class with content. So it wasn't just genius hour. It was genius every day. And we learned those skill sets and I taught like that, but that took, that took extensive planning and training and what you saw was the results, but that was a year of real human time. 
all of the hours, 525,600 minutes. So, and I'll, I'll never, and I'll never forget when you did call me because I like, and I hope it doesn't sound like I was being like, for those of you that are just listening, listening to that when I present, a lot of people will get excited like, oh, I'm going to start this. And I'm like, awesome. Let me know how I can help. But at the same time, call me. I, I, I basically said like, you know, call me after, you know, call me in a year. I want to hear what you've done, what you've struggled with. And that wasn't to say I was, I won't talk to people before a year, but the amount of people that said, I'm going to start this or I'm going to, you know, impact, you know, is a lot. Yeah. So anyway, 365 days later to the day, Jamal calls me and says, okay, I've done these things and it's impacted my classroom. I want you to hear about it. And we've been friends ever since. Now, that being said, um, you create back to the original question. Uh, you created a culture within your classroom uh, right. so like, so is it like you've set the blueprint, you know, you've, you started right. opening up new pathways and new opportunities for your students and getting them to think in a much more collaborative, uh, innovative way. Right. How do you scale Jamal Crook? So, so you gotta, you have to explain the importance of everything that you're doing and leaders. It works with teachers too, like explaining the importance of what it is that you're doing is extremely important for example so when it comes to like the discussion techniques okay um that was a big moment of, of genius hour and just basic you know all of your teaching rubrics so the kids would say well why do i have to discuss why can't i just do this worksheet and be quiet because that's comfortable for me and i would look at them and say like listen john i need you to be able to speak in front of your peers and i would tell them i said the hardest thing for anyone to do is to speak in front of their peers and be, because because it speaks to the fact that i'm going to talk to someone who's just as competent as i am and it's scary because that's when people normally fact check you so like you have to be a competent competent speaker in front of people because communication is key to whatever it is that you want to do and, and, and then it, if it keeps going, like I got, I, I have more, I have more to, to feed the narrative of this is important, not only for this class, but for your life. These are transferable skills. Here's the content that's not transferable, but we're going to use this content to build transferable skills. And that's just, that's really the basis of it. So you kind of have to do a, a what's important inventory. So you have to take a step back and say, okay, this is important because of this, because what you're really communicating is, this is going to be a what you're communicating to the child is this is going to be a benefit to you and then the child is going to reciprocate that with action this is this i'm doing this because this is a benefit of me and i know that mr and mrs Yacanelli care about me so much that they plan this lesson to build my skill sets so when they leave you or when they when they leave you they'll have skills and and just just like i guess i said a testimonial I had a girl reach out to me like two years after the class and we were we were going over discussion techniques with concepts from genius hour um and she said mr crook i spoke in front of uh 700 people and i wasn't afraid because of what i learned in your class so i love that and i yeah i love hearing that um but i'll also like Hmm. How do I say this? I like, how do we, 
everything you just described, obviously it takes time. Um, yeah, right. But when we were talking this morning, that was also one of those things of like, you know, if you, this was the chicken or the egg theory, it's Uh, hard. Like, and it's, and it's one of the reasons why sometimes there's some bitter feelings. You, you'll, you'll watch these videos on YouTube and on Facebook about like this new school. And it's in, you know, it, like, I'm, I'm not going to say which ones because some of them are known well, but it's in a not good area and the culture and the test scores are through the roof. Well, right. because they started from zero. Like there, there was no the last thirty years of this is a is a terrible place or this place is, right. and the kids make fun of it. So they've got the advantage of starting from ground zero. Right. What do you do if you're in that school, but you're going to try to create that culture today, tomorrow? Oh wow! With students or teachers? Uh, yes. <laughs> take take yes, a pick. Yeah. So like so really you. You, it starts with every level of stakeholder. So your your teachers are stakeholders, your parents are stakeholders, your students are stakeholders, the custodians are stakeholders, um, the lunch ladies are stakeholders, and like you really got to think about what are what are what are the three things that each and every group of stakeholders need to be committed to. And I say three things because I don't like more than three things. Don't bombard me with information and Cause, cause like, I'm the kind of guy, like, I'm going to challenge whether you know what it is that you're saying or not. Cause I'm going to ask a whole bunch of questions. I'm asking a thousand questions to get you to really see that there's only one or two important things anyway. So what are the most high leverage activities that people need to be doing on a consistent basis in order to move any school forward? I mean, any school forward. And then what's, what, what's their significance? Because that's the message that you have to tailor. And it's different for every school. If you're performing arts, we are, we are learning life through arts. So what does that look like? How does that feel? When a kid wakes up in the morning, like, like what's their pathway coming to school? Like, like what are you communicating to each and every stakeholder to, to scale and to, and to build up? And then, then you, you, you're not going to do all three things the first year, surely. You may get ahead and get get to them, but you like what's the what's the one thing? And you start to get into the concept of, of marginal gains. And like for me, this is this is something that like like I'm currently trying to download into my spirit to move people just on 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 a, on a marginal level to have major gains. We did it in the classroom, but it becomes more challenging when you try to step back out and do it at a at a school level. So, so what's the 1% that you can do today to move people forward 1% every day or 1% every month? Because, because progress doesn't necessarily have to be um, quick. And a lot of times what we do is, as opposed to what's important, we look for style points. Mm, I like that. So, um, Egos get in the way, Don. Well, like, Here's, here's how I want it to look, and here's how it should look, because this was in my heart. But here's the truth. Our hearts don't matter as much as the people's heart that we're trying to serve. So you don't, like, like sometimes we just say, I want the people to fill my heart. And when it really should be, I need to fill the people's heart. And, and I need to, to, to take that energy and direct them 
to take that energy and, and divert it to a place to where they're going to be more successful. Yeah. No, I, I, you beat me to that. I, I, I have been told by a few that you have to get all through, like to change the culture school wide, or at least even to change your own classroom culture. Because I've seen some people that get caught in ego battles. Um, if, if all three things don't align, you have to have a superintendent that believes in this kind of thing that they're going to allow you to take a few risks. They're going to allow you to take some time out to talk about things other than just what is on your state standardized test. Then you have to have a principal that is in line with it, that he's okay that the superintendent gave you the go, the, 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 the go ahead because sometimes the principal gets mad that you may be the golden boy or the golden girl and the superintendent's treating you differently. Or sometimes the principal then, you know, may get upset that, you know, you're getting the attention or the kids are getting too much attention and he or she is not, or, you get the exact opposite. The principal's like, man, we got to do this stuff. And the, and the superintendent slaps your hands. And then you got yep. the whole, and then you got the whole idea of now, here's one thing I know that you don't fall victim to, because I have talked to many teachers that are doing cool things that are really outside the normal. And then they fight. Well, what, what, what a friend of mine, Kevin Honeycutt uh, called um, uh, d- d- teacher uh, domestic abuse that they, they put up with gossip and people not liking them because they were doing things that are differently. And it was starting to get, you know, dog and pony showed, so to speak. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. so, I mean, all these things you're saying, I totally agree, but like, I do have to admit, like, cause I, for all the time I talk about the possibilities and then quite frankly, this is something you, you brought up to, to that made me think of, again today, when we met, I told you the things that I was doing in my classroom and you were like, well, that's nice for you. Right. But, you, but, but <laughs> right. But, but at the same time you were like, okay, let's see how this can work. I, I'm, I am, like that gave me a lot of things to to consider because I know that everything is different. And then sometimes people are, they're, they're guarded. They're like, well, must be nice. Cause Don got his permission from his superintendent and principal. And I did I'm like, I, like, make, let me make it clear. It, yeah. it was, it was the right place at the right time. I, it, I, I it had was, a wonderful administration. But, but here, but here's also what, what people listening need to realize too. Like, yeah, it was a line, but you asked and you and you put it together and you made it work. And it was right for that situation. Your yeah. situation might not be the same. And that's okay. Just remember, just remember the superintendent ain't coming to teach your class. The principal right. surely is not coming to teach your class. And the assistant principal is not coming to teach your class. Um, the superintendent is not coming to leave your school. Yeah. Like, like at the end of the day you have a bubble and yeah. one of one of my great mentors and great friend and mentor says you gotta you gotta protect your bubble and you have to do what's right for we say do what's right for kids but it really correlates like what's right for the people at the time and, and it's not rocket science it's listening like like i had some kids make honor roll that never made honor roll before not because like they all of a sudden fell in love with school. And you know, the interesting thing, the, the, the thing that really hurt my heart is the kids who stopped making honor roll once they left the class. Yeah. You know, it, and it wasn't many of them, but it, it, it's, it's the fact that like, like you just got to listen to people. And I know it's just, I'm saying just, and it's just, and it's just, you have to listen to people and recognize that whatever it is that you're going to do in this life is an uphill battle. And it's not only an uphill battle, but it's an uphill treadmill. 
and it continuously spins. So even when you get to the top, you got to keep moving. Yeah. Well, I, I, let me let me circle back on something you said. You're right that you can get approval when you start doing things and you put them in motion, and that right. if if you're if if like it it. it you don't have to wait around for permission. You can start things in action and then kind of get a, see what I'm doing here. Are we good? Yep. Are, are we are yep. we moving? Are we moving in that direction? So you're, you're right. Yeah. But yeah. Cause yep. So it has, <laughs> I don't, this is going to be uncomfortable. Um, we, the top of the show, we are talking about more representation in your school. Yep. So, or oh, in any school. True. Well, good point. Good point. Um, have you seen, is that, I guess there's no easy way to ask this. Uh, do you think that there's going to be resistance if your superintendent and principal are not on the representing side? Um, you mean like, what do you mean the representing <laughs> side? Uh, I hate provide Jada. me and the listeners some clarity. You sound like Jada Pickett and entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> well, provide some clarity. So let's just say, uh, let's get to brass tacks. Uh, you you have a class that's predom- you know, predominantly black and Hispanic, and you oh. have a white principal, and you're trying things that are different that are going to speak to them. Do you yep. think? It is oh, important? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you're trying things different that are going to speak to your kids. Um. So one one of so it's crazy that you mentioned that. Because uh, let me give this metaphor and then I'm going to give the story and then I'm going to give the context. So, like, you ever notice, like, when you break down the side of the road and you have your thumb up, like, and you try to get help and wave people down and nobody helps you. But the moment that you get behind the car and you start pushing, it's almost like you get all of this help once you've overcome the initial inertia of the car sitting still because people see you trying to push the car. I was in a meeting um that the year where i started doing like different teaching concepts and i started teaching you know a a lot more of the concepts from genius hour uh in in my class now let me preface this like it worked for for that class of students there are a thousand strategies that you can be using that are going to benefit kids um i taught an elective so it worked if you teach science there are concepts that work but not all of them so context now 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 back to the story um we were sitting in the meeting and you talk about pushing the car and i was trying things that spoke to my to to the kids that i had um it it was it was a very even split of kids white black and hispanic um just my classroom demographic and it and it really worked out but like none of my kids had anything below a c during this meeting and i just and like i just had pulled the data that day and we were talking about a lot of different things and what kids need. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what kids need. And I said some things that I was doing in the class. And at first it was like, well, how do you know it works? I was like, well, well here are their quarter grades. Like if we talk about things that really matter, um, here's, here's how we've impacted this. So like now I'm pushing this car and people can get behind it. Sometimes, sometimes you have to produce in order to get to a place to where people will believe, because you have a lot of Thomases in your life, and that's a biblical reference if you want to go look it up, but you have a lot of Thomases that, that are around you that just need to see, um, because results sometimes silence people or, or bring people to your side because they're going to start pushing that car with you. But if you're doing something and your principal does not align 
align with it, you have to, or understand it, you have to be willing to justify what it is that you're doing. Because, because what's going to end up happening, um, your principal is, is going to listen one way or another. You're going you're gonna to say, hey, here's why I'm doing it. And here's the data that supports it. And here's why it's successful. You do that enough and you're going to gain the, the, the trust and respect of not only your peers, but those around you. It's easy to do what everybody else is doing in the comfort of what everybody else is doing it in, but I'd rather prosper in the midst of affliction than be comfortable in my situation. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, you know what? More on this later. We're uh, we're running out of time. I I I I took so much from this this morning, and and just about especially how I present opportunities and why some are taking it and some aren't. So we'll have to continue that. But on the need of, you know, change, I mean, heck, we were getting into why, you know, there needs to be even like more people representing communities. Because I think you said like, you know, even if you're a policeman, if you don't really care about the community you're representing or you're in, then that's the problem. Like if you're teaching at a school that you have that you don't want any business or a part of after school hours, the buy-in's different. You know, like, oh, like yeah. when you said to like you wouldn't, you know, this isn't the way you teach Grant, and and I'm like exactly because like that was always kind of a hallmark. And actually, I even changed. Uh, believe me, when I became a parent, then I had a different lens. But uh, I, I just think this discussion will continue it because on on representation of school and, and, and then the problem of recruiting and that'll be next week or or tomorrow, the recruiting of teachers to represent that community. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. And and it needs to be addressed and it needs to be, you know, what are the incentives and how do we get that done? And we'll talk about that tomorrow. So make sure you join us. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, and uh, yeah, we, (laughs) We need to get around to having some guest songs. We've we've gotten some requests now of, yeah, I'll be on. Um, but uh tomorrow yep. we'll have that discussion. And I, I think maybe the day after that, let's let's bring on a guest um and, yep. and to help clarify from their point of view. But um, yeah, there's just a lot here. And like always, we don't know all the answers, but we talk. And <laughs> we didn't give you the two-hour version like this morning, but we talk. And I think more and more we come to a reason why we do what we do. And that is having conversations out loud is great. And I took a lot away from things this morning and, you know, Jamal and I are constantly challenging each other and yeah, that is sincerely needed. All right, Jamal. um, Yeah. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning and uh, I'm going to release this episode. And then tomorrow, yes, we will talk about how we get more, teachers to represent the community and the incentives around that. So for Jamal Crook, this is Don Wedrick reminding you those opportunities are everywhere. We'll see ya.